Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, 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 here we are once again. <laughs> How you doing, Mitch? Oh, uh, yeah. Had a rough Sunday night, but I'm yeah. alive. You're alive. <laughs> you got through the other end. Yeah, dude. You're right. Your, your abs are looking particularly good today yeah, <laughs> through yes, that I, shirt. Yes, I got a good workout. So we got your, myself and the children contracted a vomiting bug no. Sunday evening. So good fun. Yeah. It was only a 24-hour one, though. It was, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if this is too too much information, but you shared that you lost two kilos. I did, yeah. That's insane. Isn't insane. Slimmer of the month. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a pretty severe, intense stomach bug. Yeah, it was. And it, yeah. Man. Anyway. But everyone's better. Everyone's yeah, good. Yeah, bouncing back. Good. So, good, yeah, good, good, no, good. Glad to fun, fun part about having kids is yeah. get these things. So, yeah. you know, it's like if you haven't fun, had kids. Fun is one word for it. Like if, you've had, if you've had kids, you know, it's like if you haven't had kids, well, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. It's just like having you know, adorable little Petri dishes walking around <laughs> everywhere. You're like, great. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So. Well, while you were, had your head in a toilet, yep. I was having gourmet at home made <laughs> pizza. My um, sister and her boyfriend came over with a portable pizza oven. Yeah, wow. That he got for his birthday. It was, um, he got it from Italy. It was $1,000. Okay. How big was it? Like, not that big. Think like a mini Weber. Okay, but yeah. like obviously a different shape. Like it's a it's a pizza oven, mm. kind of you know this uh, an arch sort of shape. Um, so it, you could plug it into like a gas bottle, um, or you could put fire uh, wood or coal in there for the fire. But yeah, he had gas, and it gets up to like four hundred degrees in there. Yeah, wow. So yeah, he like brought his own dough, brought his own like cheeses and um, like sal- uh, salami and uh, the sauce. He made the sauce from scratch. It, like, it was genuinely some of the best pizza I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Very good. So, yeah, no, it was fantastic. I, yeah, sure. W- worth worth someone else paying $1,000. Yeah, <laughs> not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no it's, 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 a full, it's a full art, you know. you got to get the dough right. you got to get the heat mm. right. you got to get the sauce right. So, you know. Yeah. I just Thousands of years of tradition. Yeah, I know. Gosh. <laughs> uh, actually, that is saying we... we We've become a bit of a pizza snobs in the oh, last little while. Well, we went, try it. Well, there was a while there where Rachel and I, if we want to get a pizza, get a Domino's one. But yeah. now we more go to like, oh, I've forgotten the guy, guys on Old Northern Road just around the corner. Oh, Gone no. to them a few times. Oh, the pizza shops next to Guardian Real Estate. Oh, They're no. Good. Okay. So hold on. It's not Viviano's. No. It's um, not Enzo's. No. The other one. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a little shop, anyway. Right. We've been doing like, well, like I, I gave a shout out to their competitors, but not them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, anyway. but, um, yeah, yeah. We go to places like that now. Get yeah. like those more. Yeah, Domino's is pretty rubbish when you start to eat yeah. like, proper pizza. It, it, it makes a big difference, it does. like when you got pizza that hasn't been made by a fourteen-year-old on minimum wage. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> like an old Italian man who's been owning the company for like thirty years. Yeah, who would have thought? It makes a difference. So. Yeah. What, how are you in the kitchen though? Terrible. Really? What do you, what do you cook if you're trying to like impress impress rage? That's what takeaways. Takeaways for. <laughs> for. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Dude, no, right, 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 none of us like cooking. Yeah. It's all right. right. Rachel Get, get a plate of your strengths. You know. Yeah. No. Rage can cook, but she doesn't enjoy it. Like I find it just 
a chore. Yeah, a chore. Would yeah. you say that it's, it's your cross that you need to bear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't make light of it. It was no. honestly a pretty moving sermon on it Sunday. It was, really, yeah. Um, such a, yeah, just real honor to have Jordan join mm. us. I think... Um, Open Doors is, um, you've said, an uh, organisation that you um, are quite passionate about. Mm. You, uh, well, yeah, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but why do you like Open Doors yeah. particularly? And without like slinging mud on any specific mm. other organisations, what do they do well that you particularly love? Yeah. So I think Jordan summarised it really well. Is they're not about eradicating persecution, but mm. supporting. And yeah, there are other organisations that, kind of fear monger you mm. say almost become a bit phobic about certain religions mm-hmm. and yeah they kind of go hey look what's happening in these countries it's going to happen here in the west and then people get frightened and it kind of mm. creates this division and it would have been we we're talking just before you re- recorded how easy it was for jordan could have made that a mm. manipulative message and put fear into us and oh it's going to be all terrible and look where society's tracking it'll be mm. us soon and yeah instead it's like well like this persecution isn't great you're yeah, suffering sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. but in this strange way it's what god uses to grow the church and that's one of the things like brother andrew who started open doors like his heart was to was originally for like the iron curtain was in those sort of soviet countries was sure. just he was a bible smuggler yeah and that's what he did and that's how it all started and so it was always like the heart of open doors was to just help equip persecuted christians and mm. yeah he, he he passed away recently brother andrew um he could live stream his sermon i noticed got an email yesterday yeah, about right. it um yeah and I, I think that that's kind of been the mentality they still have is to equip the church and mm. particularly pastors and that's what jordan was fundraising that qr code was to equip yeah yeah pastors and church leaders to keep yeah. going so yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, which from a kingdom perspective makes a bunch of sense about let's equip the pastors who are in persecuted mm. countries because ultimately, like, they're the ones on the ground already doing the work mm. and maybe not <clears throat> posturing ourselves as white knights <laughs> a little yeah. bit as well, but being like, hey, let's actually support the people who are already doing the great work. Yeah, and that's probably been a bit of a shift um, in some circles with yeah. some mission agencies is to raise up national yeah. workers um, when Rachel and I were thinking of going overseas uh, it would have been for the role to equip the locals mm. like I didn't yeah I think I've shared this before I thought for a while there we were going to head over to Cambodia so I started learning Khmer mm. it wouldn't matter how much Khmer I learnt a hairy white tall dude speaking Khmer is never going to reach the same level as mm. like a local who mm. understands the all the idiosyncrasies so yeah. that's what i sort of saw if we did ever go see that would be to help mm. other christian leaders yeah and particularly like here in the west is there's so much access to bible resources which oh, like yeah yeah i couldn't even dream of like over in some parts of the world so that was probably what i saw more our if we did go overseas was to do that and so yeah that's what i really like is you're helping support those who are on the ground who mm. are doing the work yeah um, very yeah. cool very very cool I um, think we were both pretty struck by um, that quote um, yeah you, you managed to get the whole quote in full I only got yeah, half yeah. the quote 
So um, for those of yeah, you listening to this a bit after the fact or maybe missed the sermon, uh, Jordan was in a tent. I wasn't sure what festival it was at. I was feeling maybe Black Stomp, but she didn't mention. I yeah, she said uh, it was a conference. Or it was a conference. It was a conference. Conference. Yeah. Right. I was too busy taking notes from the John 15 passage. Yeah, yeah. That um, essentially she was at a conference and there was a table, um, you know, about the persecuted church and it had this quote: "We see the Australian church." as a prophetic example of what happens when faith becomes free. When faith becomes free, the value of Jesus drops. Mm. What are your sort of reflections on that? Yeah. Um, so Jesus says multiple times in the Gospels, you know, you need to pick up your cross and come and follow after me. Mm. And so if following Jesus meant losing everything, family, livelihood, freedom on your life, you don't make that decision lightly. And so there's a greater value when there's more like at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and I see that here. I, that's the only part of the quote I managed to get down, when faith becomes free, the value of Jesus drops. And I see it here in the West is like, well, following Jesus here, really there's not much at stake. Mm. Sure, there's been a few things like Andrew Thornburn case recently and a few... A few others like Israel Falau a few years back, and here and there you hear Christians mm. sort of, mm. but like on the whole, you can be a follower of Jesus. Like life really isn't going to change for you that much, and mm. so yeah, there, there's not much at stake. But yeah, if you're from a Muslim background, to follow Jesus means well, your family's going to see you as a traitor. You're mm. going to like be disowned, disowned by family, your community, mm. country. Yeah, it's going to be like a whole bunch of ramifications that will come yeah. with that. And so, yeah, to, to follow him, you pretty much sold out completely. And mm. so when you have a bunch of people that are sold out completely for Jesus, it's going to lead to a church that's more sold out for Jesus and mm. so are willing to do more risk for Jesus. And I think that's why we see the persecuted church growing because you got if you have a church of, let's say, I'm going to say 100 people that have all lost something by following Jesus like there's a deeper passion driving them than a hundred people that are sort of like "Eh." yeah yeah I've never really had any better to do on a Sunday yeah Yeah, yeah. so yes so yeah no for sure Mm. um how does the idea of this like the Australian church being a prophetic example Mm. what what do you see as maybe um some things that make us lax in our faith though you know you've Mm. kind of seen about a a lack of persecution Mm. um but how do you think that kind of actually manifests itself it's an element of comfort what does jesus add to me or what what does this church do for me and particularly here in the hills when i moved out here i was a little bit just surprised at how much people yeah church was just so like me focused Mm. and came from yeah, like Regent's Park is a much smaller church. And so, and people just sort of like, oh, well, there was like one musician, whatever. And it's come up multiple times. Oh, you know, this music needs to be better here or need this, need that. And it's like, oh, it's just very like me mm. focused. How can mm. church be comfortable for me? How can it tick every single box mm. that I need? Mm. And 
It was the Babylon Bee um, a few years ago. If you don't know the Babylon Bee, it was a very good Christian satirical website. And then the guy started sold and it's become, anyway. Um, when it was just a Christian satirical yeah. website, there was an article which said, persecuted Christian drives 100 kilometers through landmines to get to a church. And it has a quote saying, you know, I just want a church that met, you know, the music <laughs> needs for my family. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just sort of saying, look how ridiculous it is. If you're in that environment, you don't care about the music you don't care about where you're meeting you're like we're just happy that we're gathering Mm. together Mm. and so yeah that's probably kind of the key differences i see in australia and in other countries is like yeah like the christians are like i don't care if we're meeting in like out in the forest Mm. as long as we're meeting together and worshiping jesus it's about worshiping jesus where Mm. in australia and particularly older generations not so much now, but particularly in the older generations, like my grandmother's generation, it was a cultural thing. You just went to church on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's where everyone was. Yeah, there wasn't any like love for Jesus for it. It was just the norm for many. For many, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reckon there would yeah, have yeah, been yeah, love, love you know. But yeah, no, I know. I was thinking of my that. grandma personally. Okay, sure, yes. sure, 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 sure. Mm. No, that's fair. And I think, um, yeah, I was really struck by this idea um, that John was talking about. She said, you know, I, I want to want to pray. persecution Mm. like i want to want to pray for Mm. um i was was really struck by that it's something that i've never thought about before about praying for persecution i don't know what were your thoughts on that like i yeah just think it's a really original idea for me personally well it's it's an interesting tension the book of acts i think gives us a great little window into how we can deal with persecution so in the early church they persecution causes the you know the early church to spread out and go and to grow but then when paul is arrested he actually appeals his case to the authorities so i I sort of see this element of praying for persecution in some sense you can't call what's evil good like Yeah. yeah it's like jesus crucifixion we needed it yeah for salvation but you can't call it a good yeah. You can't say, oh, what happened to him was a good thing. It was an yeah, yeah, evil yeah. act which led to a good outcome. And so yeah. Yeah, persecution is still evil. Like there are people who, yeah, sure, they find joy in the Lord, but being whipped and tortured and starved and whatever yeah. else isn't a good yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to, to pray for persecution. It's Yeah, I can see like the heart behind it. I want it to happen, but am I prepared to do that? And it's very hard to lose comfort mm. when you've, got it yeah uh, yeah and so i can yeah from that reflection it's like well are we ready to encounter that here in mm. australia mm. like is that something yeah. that's how i see it is like that prayer it's a bold prayer if you start praying for that it means that things will shift radically and mm. yeah yeah i mean like it's it's a tricky one like do you think that it's god's will for his people mm. to be persecuted yeah Brilliant because question. like if you pray for something that's not god's will it's mm. not definitively going to happen like yeah. he's, if you go god please like help me be persecuted and he doesn't want you to he's like mm. no <laughs> like i don't i don't, I don't yeah. think your faith can handle that you know yeah, <laughs> like that might well, be his answer like but one of the things i really appreciate about jordan's message was she didn't emotionally manipulate us into yeah. feeling guilty for what we have as a church here in the west mm. and i think too on reflecting on what she said like jesus words he says to much is been given much will be required mm. and so for us i see our role in the christian uh, christians in the west is to be able to support those that are in uh, like persecuted countries and to be praying for them to be 
giving to them and to be yeah. standing alongside them. Mm. And yeah, I see that as part of being in the body. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting in the book of Acts how it gives sort of a bit of a template for how different responses to persecution. Yeah. Uh, so when the early church is growing and then the religious leaders get angry of them, they persecute the church in Jerusalem, they begin to spread out and go to cross to Samaria and everywhere else. But then like, when Paul's persecuted, he yeah, sometimes cops it. Like in Philippi, sure. he's there singing with Silas and they convert the Philippian jailer and... Mm. Then uh, other times too, where he actually pleads his case. Yeah. And then there's one time he's about to get whipped. He goes, "Hey, do you know I'm a Roman citizen?" They're like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> like yeah. he actually pulls out that card. Like, "Oh, actually, we can't treat you this way." So there's yeah, yeah, elements where we see both. Where Paul's like, "Well, I'm gonna get like stoned and almost die, then get up and walk back and keep preaching. I'm yeah. gonna cop a night in prison. I actually, and sometimes I'm gonna actually use my Roman citizenship card and yeah. go to." Caesar himself to hear my case. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it is interesting. Um, and it's like one of those things which then becomes a bit confusing because it suggests to me that there isn't always one answer. Mm. Um, yeah, like I think that, you know, I'd love to know the rationale behind why Paul maybe chose to endure persecution and in other points to kind of stand up for himself mm. in a way. It is really fascinating mm. point. But I think like, you know, I, I love that you highlight that because I, I think that there can be Christians who sit on extremes of both sides mm. of that. I think there are people who are um, maybe um, a little bit sort of callous in the way of when they see somebody actually experiencing some persecution in the West as a Christian, mm. they go, oh, like toughen up princess. Like that's what it means to be a Christian. Like mm. you should like hear about what it's like in Afghanistan, which like maybe isn't always a helpful posture mm. <laughs> to take. Um, and I can probably be a bit guilty of that, to be honest, sometimes, you know, in a capacity. Um, and I think there's people on the other side who, you know, just completely go into ultimate victim mentality the second you know life is the tiniest bit difficult because they're mm. a christian um and i think it's about finding like that healthy balance in the middle mm. that obviously we don't want to be you know like masochistic or in the way that you know oh like we're, we're almost wanting mm. persecution on us but recognizing that it is an important part of being a Christian, mm. that it's a formative thing, that it's yeah. something that can bring great fruit for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and yeah, something that we shouldn't necessarily always shy away from. Mm. It's like an interesting tension. It is, yeah. It's interesting. Like the book of Revelation is often seen as the book that's written to the persecuted church. Sure. And there's more and more evidence now sort of suggesting that it wasn't as widespread as a lot of people kind of make out to be. Sure. So certainly Emperor Nero in the 60s, yeah. he had a policy. Yeah. That's when the apostles Peter and Paul were killed. Yeah. Like there's a lot of extra biblical literature about that. You can't deny that. But by the nineties when John wrote Revelation, well that depends on when you anyway. Sure. Most commentators think it was about the nineties he yeah, wrote yeah, it yeah. under Domitian. Yeah. Persecution Domitian didn't have a like a emperor um, empire wide edict to persecute Christians. It was mm -hmm. more localized. Mm -hmm. And it was more actually Jews persecuting other fellow Jewish Christians. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, like John's certainly exiled in Patmos, mm. but they're saying it's probably more like local governors. It wasn't just every man was trying to wipe them out. And so even that, even there's periods in church history where it's like really bad. That's sort of like, okay, yeah. it's more like 
ad hoc almost like yeah, depends yeah, on yeah. who is it is it family members is yeah. it community and so yeah yeah and then even like in the second and third century you went through like waves of like emperors who quick kill every single christian we get our hands on others who just sort of tolerated yeah and so even that like the response of mm. how different governments are there's not yeah yeah but yeah, um for sure mm, yeah but it is but i do find it this interesting sort of yeah almost jesus sort of how jesus operated like jesus is a suffering servant and yeah in a strange way suffering is how god's kingdom grows and yeah, yeah that, and i guess that's part of the world we live in mm. and jordan had a statistic for us that one in seven suffer for their yeah. faith which now, is just interesting well i'm a bit of an ignoramus when it comes to this mm. like were you surprised by that statistic it was actually i felt that was that was more uh, more prevalent than i thought it was yeah be. well i suppose yeah I, I guess christianity like like in the west it's rural declining but globally, Christianity is growing. So there's yeah. parts of the world it's just absolutely exploding. Well, again, so, the places where it's expanding and, yeah. and growing is where it's maybe so, a lot more dangerous. To like, a, like a country like China, like we, yeah, it's guesstimates of like we're talking like, yeah. like more Christians in Australia's population, maybe double. Like yeah, maybe yeah. fifty, hundred million Christians there. Like people just don't know. Yeah. So people in China aren't taking Christian on the census. No, thing. yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, like that's so that's probably I'd say a reasonable figure. Like if we, yeah, yeah, like if we take out kind of you know, Australia and America and sort of Western countries, it'd mm. be pretty small, like percentage-wise, in terms mm. of the actual global like church yeah. population. So yeah, 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 that no. is still a still a large figure. Yeah, and I think like mm. I was quite intrigued because obviously um, Jordan has spent some personal time in Egypt. Mm. Um, again like just had no idea that christians were being persecuted in such a way in egypt yeah um, like, i was just completely well, naive to well, that yeah, i had a friend um still he still is my friend he grew up as a, a missionary kid in egypt yeah right like was did communion like in egyptian churches with real wine he was shocked that we use grape juice in australia yeah. it's like what are you doing like, yeah 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 so i was surprised too it's like oh like i this coptic Kind of Christians, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, and it's something that you've already said. You know mm. how quickly a government or a country can change. But one thing that I found striking, if you haven't gone on it, I'd, I'd recommend just for mm. listeners, uh, Open Doors website, the World Watch List. Mm. Uh, Mitch provided a link to it in this week's Bible study mm. notes for this, you know, theme of the persecuted church. But you can just kind of go on Open Doors website and find it, opendoors.org.au. Egypt sits number twenty. Yeah, that's which really like, high. You're like, well, like it's high, but also I'm like, so there's 19 countries where it's worse to be a Christian mm. than that, which I suppose like some of those countries, people are actually risking their lives to be mm. Christians. But even even that was kind of surprising to me that, you know, Jordan was painting a, a pretty bleak picture of what it means to be a Christian mm. in Egypt. And there's garbage. Um, yeah, yeah, like in the, in the garbage city, in the garbage mountain that she was talking mm. about. Um but then, yeah, to think that there's 19 other countries, I mean, including, again, like China, you know, is one of those countries. Um, India, like these, these are countries with the huge populations, you mm. know. Um, it's kind of just, yeah, I don't know. I just realise, I suppose, how sh sheltered and insulated I am by all, from all of this. It's yeah. kind of been a bit convicting for me. <laughs> so I have, there's um, a really good um, devotional from open doors it's called standing strong through the storm mm. and it's a 365 day devotional and you just get an email to you and yeah i think that it can help just ex 
expose you to some of these stories mm. that, yeah, that going on, just raising the awareness. Because these are the type of things the media isn't going to report upon, mm. is, you mm. know, the level of persecution that Christians are facing in a country like Laos or... Yeah. Yeah, Burkina Faso or Niger or Bhutan, like just going through some of these countries. So, yeah, yeah just having access to some of these things, it gives you um, an insight into... I still remember um, meeting... When I was working at Auburn Pool, I was chatting to... I can't remember which... Sudan, I think he was from. Anyway, I remember I was talking about his country and he couldn't believe I knew so much about it. Yeah. I, and I just got... I came in good inroads. I said, well, actually, I'm trying to become a pastor and mm. da, 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 da And so... Yeah, also too, just for, particularly as we live in such a multicultural society, there's people from these countries who, yeah, just having a bit more awareness of some of the issues that Mm. are facing there, it just gives you just more awareness of what to pray about. Was it Spurgeon? I think it was Spurgeon. He said, have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in another. Mm. The idea being, you know, you need to have God's word and also like Mm. the newspaper, like what to be praying for, for the world. What's going on in the world. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, mm. I think that, um, yeah, j- just just kind of finishing from that those mm. stories that Jordan was sharing. A story of that little six-year-old girl who'd been tattooed by her mm. parents with this, this cross on her wrist. Mm. Again, I mean, just like a pretty phenomenal story about somebody mm. who, or two people, obviously her parents, who yeah. see the value of following Christ as so high that yeah. you choose to, you know... Uh, Mark your daughter with that. Yeah. Well, I think for people like that, you've just embodied like Hebrews mentality of like, yeah. well, Jesus is greater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like Hebrews one, Jesus is greater. Yeah. You know, than the angels, than Moses, than yeah. the law, than tabernacle. And it's like, hey, like, and then Hebrews jumps into chapter 11 there, the, the hall of faith, as they call it. And it's yeah. about Abraham, like, hey, he wasn't looking for like some earthly city. He was yeah. journeying for the heavenly city, even though he knew he wouldn't see it in this lifetime. Mm. And that's what just come down to it. They just have such a great yeah. eschatology. Mm. They recognize mm. that, well, this isn't like it. Mm. I have something greater to mm. look forward to. Mm. And so they actually are living by faith, not by sight, to mm. recognize that this sort of life is just... Mm. temporary but Jesus is eternal yeah and that's that's why I just set down to is they just have mm. a fantastic view of Jesus return and yeah. what it means to have hope in eternity I mean one thing that I found so striking about that whole idea is when Jesus is trying to explain to people how awful it is to not be part of the kingdom mm. he uses the garbage tip outside of the city yeah. as the example like Gehenna yeah. to be like hey like it will be better you know sort mm. of for, for, for people in Gehenna than to be in hell. Mm. I was like, that that must, I'm just, I'm totally projecting my own theological thoughts onto mm. a little six-year-old girl in Egypt right now. But like, though, though that kind of idea that it is, you know, the, the thing that we're avoiding of, of, of being separated from God, um, mm. to, to choose to be united with God and be in the situation that Jesus uses as an example you know, of, of how awful it would be. Like it mm. just shows something quite profound of how, does, yeah. how much they are willing to continue to push through in. Um, mm. I found that just, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like you, you kind of said as well um, before we sort of went on mic that it was kind of cool to hear that, uh, that two Timothy three sort of passage mm. read in a bit more context. context yeah. Um, did you want to, as, as we yeah, close, kind um, of reflect on that a bit? Let me whip that up on the old Bible app. 
Actually, um, while I'm doing that, I'm reminded. So he didn't start Open Doors, but Richard Wombrand, he started Voice of the Martyrs, yeah, right. something similar. And Wombrand, you can find messages of him from the 50s when he escaped, after he escaped prison in um, Romania. Yeah. And he said they had such shortage of Bibles, they used to um, read it out, like, on radio. And they'd say, like, in, pause for people to write it down, the. Wow. Beginning. And that's how they, like, got the Bible passed around for... So even just that, I can just flick on my phone and whip it up. Yeah, I remember him saying that. And he said people learnt to value their Bible so much more like yeah, by that, wow. by them just having this sort of illegal Christian radio yeah. just reciting out scripture slowly so people had time to like write it down and wow. have copies on like whatever they could get their hands on, whatever bit of paper. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, yeah, it's, it's a wake-up call to how much we take the Bible for granted. Or yeah, well, I have about like ten Bibles in my yeah. home because I've got different translations yeah, and this, and it's like, totally. yeah, just yeah. that was the only way I could access it by listening to this wow. legal. So yeah, well, even this Bible app, I'm, you know, yeah, it's just phenomenal what they have on it. So Absolutely. yeah, there's a lot for us to take granted. But I'll read it out. So two Timothy chapter three, three from verse ten, it says. You, however, have followed my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, as well as the persecutions and suffering that happened to me in Antioch, in Iconium and Lystria. I endured these persecutions and the Lord delivered me from all of them. Now, in fact, all who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil people and charlatans will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. Whoever must continue in the things you have learnt and are confident about, you know who taught you and how from infancy you have known the holy writings which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the, 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 man, uh, the person dedicated to God may be capable and equipped for every good work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and so like I that was a different translation, but that like says all scripture is you know inspired, or all scripture is God breathed, mm. useful for teaching. Like yeah, like it's a classic verse that used to like you know show how the Old Testament is relevant for Christians today, and that Paul was talking about scripture. But yeah, just it's just a powerful reminder. I've read to Timothy, mm. and just never like oh yeah, he's saying that in context of persecution. Like yeah. this is actually how you persevere. And yeah, deep roots says what John said. Deep roots in the Word of God is the secret. Mm. And yeah, that's that whole equipping the church mm. for that to just mm. be firmly enriched in the Word of God, so mm. that you yeah ha- have that wisdom. Yeah, I love that where it says there. You've known the holy writings to able to give you wisdom for salvation, mm. faith in Jesus, and that's part of it. Mm. Is that well in the persecutions? Just dig in deeper. To God's word, and that will, mm. yeah, be your anchor. Yeah, so good, so so good. Mm. Well, um, yeah, what a treat to yeah, yeah have Jordan share and to find out more about the work of mm. Open Doors. It was a kind of a little uh, you know palate cleanser between our, yeah. our series of uh, yeah. you know <laughs> tending the garden, moving mm. into now our Christmas series. Christmas, yeah, I believe you're cracking that one open. Road yeah. to Bethlehem yeah. this, this Sunday. What can we uh, expect? What are we looking at? So we're looking at Luke's account of the the 
in the birth narratives. Yeah, great. And so kicking off with um, yeah, Elizabeth and Zachariah mm. and starting with the prophecy that Gabriel gave yeah. to them. Very and interesting. So look at the ne- those two chapters over the next five weeks. That's very scary. Four <laughs> weeks of pre-Christmas stuff and then <laughs> sermon five is Christmas. That's really scary. We believe it will be 2023. Yeah. What's, what, as you've kind of been preparing so far for this sermon, what's something that's really been like tickling your, your fancy about mm. that, the passage that you The, the nerd in me is how Gabriel only is mentioned in two books. Yeah. Both of them are about like the end time. So Gabriel appears to Daniel. Yeah. And it's like, here's the stuff that's going to happen like, you know, the end of days. Then Gabriel appears to Zachariah and it's like that, these, the end, the last days. Mm are coming and mm. so mm. yeah and john's the kind of the linchpin between the old and the new so mm. he's the last of sort of what we'd say the old testament prophets in inverted mm. commas yeah and jesus is the new and so mm. there's that and um bit of there's an elijah elisha sort of image mm. happening so mm. elijah so john's called elijah mm. uh, but elisha has double portion mm. of and so if John's Elijah, then Jesus is automatically Elisha. The greater so, prophet. Yeah. So I mean, sort of just looking at that. Mm, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Looking forward to it. I'm yeah. looking forward to a, a classic, uh, you know, deep dive. Deep dive, yes. Some OT. I yeah, love that'd be good. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks as always for the yeah, chat, man. Thank you. Thank cool. you, everyone. We'll see you on Sunday. See you then. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.